Hello and welcome to Arts Talk Radio. I'm Michael Hasted. We bring you interviews as well as news and reviews relating to all aspects of the arts in Holland, concentrating on events in Amsterdam, The Hague, Rotterdam and everything in between or nearby. Everyone is suffering during the current crisis, both socially and financially. The arts are totally dependent on paying audiences, and therefore their often precarious situation has, for some, become critical. Whether they are musicians or dancers, or whether it's a museum or art gallery, times have become very hard, with survival being their main concern. Theatre finances are always a bit shaky, but with the coronavirus crisis, actors and producers, among many others, have seen their income completely dry up, literally overnight. Stet, as most of you will know, is the English theatre company based in The Hague. They present about 10 professional shows a year at various venues. As if the coronavirus lockdown and the cancellation of several shows wasn't bad enough, it now looks as though the funding they receive from the city of The Hague will be stopped thereby leaving them in a very hazardous position. So we are dedicating this edition of Arts Talk Radio to Stet to help raise awareness of the excellent work they do and to encourage everyone to sign the petition against the withdrawal of funds by the council. Arts Talk Radio Online. Features on the arts in English. For those of you not familiar with Stet, it was the brainchild of Elska van Holk and has been run by her for the past 14 years. Well, it started in 2006 when uh, I came back from London, um, uh, where I'd worked for um, over six years in Southwark Playhouse, which is a, a studio theatre in on the South Bank, um, which I uh, worked for first as a fundraiser and then as part of the production team. And when uh, my family came back to the Netherlands in 2005, actually. We, um, lots of my international friends asked, what did you do, as you do, as, you, as a conversation? And I explained that I had been working in a theatre and, and it turned out that there wasn't a lot of English language theatre in The Hague and people were craving it. So... Um, that's then a friend of mine came up with a play uh, that she wanted to produce she's a she's a professor a professional actor and she produced it with her own company Tusk some of your listeners may even remember Tusk um, and um, that was on the 6th of June 2006 and we always take that date as actually the birth of Stet with um, uh, this play uh, Summit Conference um, and it was um, a huge success and people loved it and, and at that moment of course you still work from your sort of your personal address book but it, it grew very fast. So how many shows do you do a year normally? We do yearly uh, ten, around 10 to 12 shows and um, uh, so it's virtually every month there is um, a weekend filled with English language theatre in The Hague which makes it unique because it's nowhere else in, in, uh, in the Netherlands um, there is an organisation like STED. There are a few companies that produce and they do really lovely work in English but um, the, the STED programme is, is absolutely unique in the sense that it's different and it's, it's wide 
it uh, really serves a community in the sense that we do um, uh, uh, family shows up to uh, real political pieces and in between the more traditional Shakespeare's and, and the Dickens, you see. So it's, it's a very wide variety as well. The main venues for step productions are the Paradise Studio Space in the National Theatre and the Spau, both in the centre of The Hague, plus Zaal 3, which is a National Theatre satellite venue a little out of the centre in an old power station. Although there are quite a lot of shows around in English, Stet is the only full-time professional English language company in the Netherlands, made all the more important for those of us whose Dutch is not so good, as there are hardly any plays in English in the mainstream theatre. I spoke to Miel van Teiligen of the Dutch National Theatre about their programming policy and their attitude to English language productions. Uh, mainly, we focus on the on 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 the, on the Dutch theatre makers, but we're very pleased to have like a, such a strong partner in Stet, the English Theatre, who are like uh, one of our our our, uh, our partners in presenting like non-Dutch uh, theatre performances. Uh, so we're very happy with that, and we're trying to um, uh, yeah make our uh, our Dutch shows more accessible. So that's something really for the, for that's happening right now on a small scale, but we want to do it on a, on a, on a bigger scale in the, in the future um, but yeah we, we, we are yeah we're trying to develop new things to 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 uh, work on our accessibility that was Miel van Teiligen of the Dutch National Theatre which is based in The Hague no English theatre company's program would be complete without regular doses of Shakespeare and one of the regular Stet events is the annual visit of the British touring company Illyria, who perform Rain or Shine in the open air. They always bring out the funny side of the bard's work, as Elska is happy to acknowledge. It's always comical with um, Illyria, of course. They, No matter what, they seem to find the fun in the plays, and they seem to find the punches that are really, uh, yeah, that go for the good laugh. This is an English company, isn't it? They it tour is. mainly in England, and they come... Yes, they tour over. in England. It's the oldest uh, British open-air theatre company that's still alive. Another step production that was very Shakespeare orientated was Cry Havoc, a one-man show presented by American Stephen Walford. We met up for a chat and I was interested to know how he got started in the theatre and of his epiphany in Montana. The starting point was graduate school, actually 97, 98, uh, Trinity Rep in Rhode Island. We have to do a final presentation as part of our uh, graduate thesis, a written and a performance piece. And we, uh, the director of Cry Havoc, helped me reduce <laughs> Shakespeare's Richard III down to 45 minutes, uh, heavily cut, obviously, and inserted some of my own personal narratives within that piece, um, which are very similar. So it was the opposite of Cry Havoc. It was Shakespeare as a foundation, my pieces to supplement it, versus now it's my story with Shakespeare supplement. I was, I was on a rail pass in America um, riding the Amtrak, and I hopped off in Montana. It was just so beautiful. I couldn't comprehend what I was seeing, so I stopped to spend more time and somehow ended up at this little playhouse in the middle of Montana. It said Richard III, and I thought, oh, well, let's see it. And that opening monologue to see a veteran 
stare right at us and say everything that I was feeling without even realizing it just had me. It had me, and I was done for. That was Stefan Walford talking about his one-man show, Cry Havoc. Arts Talk magazine provides the perfect companion to Arts Talk Radio with reviews and previews in English of cultural events in Holland. Whatever your interest in the arts, our international team of writers will always provide something new and exciting to see online. That's Arts Talk magazine, all one word, dot NL. Arts Talk magazine, dot NL. Stett is also very much involved in theatre and education and regularly visits schools and colleges as well as offering workshops for adults. Since 2013, Stett has got um, a solid education department which firstly was based in the programme. So actors that came from wherever out of the world, uh, they were also asked to provide uh, educational activities for schools. So my uh, colleague Dora Verosh, she um, started to, to set up a network of schools and lots of schools were interested in it. But of course the, the limitation was that it was only during the moment that they were here. So that was a short period around a production that they were performing here. So she has in time developed a whole group of international actors that provides um, uh, programs for schools throughout the year. I went along to an adult workshop conducted by English performance artist Lucy Hopkins and I met with Dora Verosh of Stet who was organising it. I work in the education department. I am the education you are department. The education department. <laughs> and this, this um, workshop today com- comes, yes. up, comes under, under your, yes. your jurisdiction. Um, is this the first time you've done something like this? Um, no, uh, but this is the first time that we have done it for two days, so for a full weekend. We did a workshop with Lucy in October last year. Uh, and that was three hours long and we got such an enthusiastic um, um, feedback from the participants that we decided to do a full weekend one for adults. Because mm. you do a lot of stuff with children, don't you? Yes. Mainly with children. Yes, we do primary and secondary school and sometimes university. Uh, but then in schools um, with, uh, with um, classes. So this is a total different ball game to organize something for adults. Can I speak to you as you're one of the few men here? Yeah, no, uh, no problem at all. Yeah. And your name is? Marcus. And you're Dutch, I take it? No, I am Swedish, actually. Swedish? Yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. foreign, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very much so. Yeah. So what do you think you're going to gain from coming to a class like this? Um, so I've been acting, doing acting for around about two years now, and I want to kind of just add another layer in terms of my improvisation techniques and to what I already got. I um, also want to get a little bit of a truer connection to my true self as well. Uh, this is very much about exposing yourself, uh, getting connection with your true emotions. And that, that is some like, beautiful thing really. And that's more to do with that than the theatrical aspect of it? Yeah, yeah both I would say, probably, absolutely. I mean it's just, it, it is it's something that you want to deliver but it's also very much to, to the audience but it's very much also connect with your with your true self really so uh, I, there's two aspects to it I think okay yeah. thank you very much I should find somebody else thank you right cheers who else is a likely customer <laughs> you look like somebody who wants to be interviewed yes <laughs> <laughs> and your name Natalia 
And your nationality? Uh, Latvian. Latvian. And what brought you to a class for improvisation? A completely random chance, I would say. Have you not been involved in performance art or theatre? No, not not at all. Uh, I'm a graphic designer, but I've been looking basically for new things to explore and experience. And myself being English-speaking and uh, having seen the advertisement for this event, I decided why not. And what did you expect it to be? Actually, I didn't really have any expectation at all. For me, it's a completely new thing, so it's more of let's go and see and discover. And what do you think? What do you think you got from it? Well, well, first of all, meeting fantastic, uh, nice new people, and secondly, just an approach to, I would say, everyday life in the sense of daring, in the sense of daring to be vulnerable. In the sense of daring to experiment a little bit more. Did, did you feel vulnerable in that? Of course, of course, because uh, there are certain exercises where you are on, basically on stage being watched and that is a point of vulnerability. Mm. You've never done anything like this before at all? Not at all, and I'm not much of a public speaker or an, I'm not, not much a spotlight person, so... Well, now you're, now's your big chance. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. That was Dora Verosh and some of the participants in Lucy Hopkins' weekend workshop. Lucy is an actress and clown and describes herself as an idiot. When we spoke at the end of the first day, I asked her what was the aim of the workshop. I'm teaching people how to uh, be honest. And when you're honest on the stage, it's often funny because it's a high-pressure environment being on the stage and being looked at by a lot of people. Um, and there's lots of funnies in that. Uh, I, don't, I don't teach people how to get laughs. I don't teach people how to be funny, but I teach them how to have fun with themselves, with how they are. Um, and in terms of clown, like some people will say clown, it has to be funny, a clown has to make people laugh. For me, the, the work of a clown, um, it's about vulnerability and uh, honesty. And if it, it, it's allowed to be funny, it's where you're allowing laughter. Um, but we see often things that are very beautiful and vulnerable um, that aren't funny at all. But that doesn't mean but we still love them. But, but a lot of clowning is based on pathos. In fact, I think all clowning is based on pathos to a greater or lesser degree. Yeah, there's often that element in it. In terms of, like, there's so many schools of clown. There's so many definitions and, you know, there's in Facebook groups where there are endless circular discussions about whether that is more clown or that is more clown or, you know, what they call, they call clown-dementalism. There's a lot of that knocking around. Um, but for me, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's about vulnerability and it's about connection. It's about wanting to be connected with your audience. That's what makes a clown ridiculous. Arts Talk Radio Online. Another American to present his show at Stet was Bill Bowers. Bill is mainly a mime artist, also from Montana as it happens, and he also teaches as he travels the world. His show, All Over the Map, was actually spoken word, a show about being a mime artist, and he told me he's always very happy to work here. Well, I'm very fond of the Netherlands, I have to say. This is, I've, I've played The Hague a number of times, and it's one of my favorite places to be. I have been a mime since before I even knew there was the word mime. I am from uh, Montana, which is uh, in the Wild West, and one of those big square rectangle states where there 
I don't know if you know this, there are six times as many cows as there are humans in Montana. And uh, so I grew up in a place that's very big and very quiet. And I attribute it, I attribute being a mime mostly to the experience of growing up in, in a big, quiet place, in a big, quiet family. I'm from a classic American family that, a uh, very large family, and we talk about nothing. So really early on in my life, I started to pay attention to what wasn't being said. Uh, the silence of nature, and then intellectually, I got very interested in the phenomenon of not talking about things. And I'm also a gay man, and I was, oddly enough, a gay boy in a little tiny town in Montana in the 1960s and early 70s when there was absolutely no conversation. So I know all and of this And not much now. of a gay scene, probably. Oh, my gosh. The word gay didn't even exist when it was... We didn't even have a word. No, 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 absolutely. <laughs> so I know all of this now as, a, as an adult, that when I look back at my life, that's a lot of silences to to consider. So when I learned that there was an art form, when I was about 14 years old, I learned that there was actually an art about not talking, and I thought, not that I would ever be a performer, I just thought, oh, I know what that is, I'm going to look at that. And I started teaching myself at about 14, and I've been doing it ever since. That was Bill Bowers, who performed at Stet last year. Well, as you have heard, there is an amazing diversity of quality work presented by Stet, and although it's difficult at the best of times, Elske van Holk has managed to create and sustain a remarkable organisation. It is not easy to, uh, to produce an English play in the Netherlands, to be honest. There is an audience, but the audience isn't vast. You can see that in Amsterdam. They are putting up more English language plays, but it's it's still a struggle to fill the auditorium. You see, well, I mean, not not everybody goes to the theatre the same in England uh, or anywhere else. Absolutely, that's for sure. I always have to explain to people that if you, uh, I know most about the Hague, of course. So if, if you even if you calculate the international community at fifty thousand, then only five thousand would be interested in in theatre and maybe that, even I think, less. I think that's not ten percent. I think it's optimistic. Uh, uh, exactly, exactly. And then if you know that we. Our numbers are sort of uh, between three and 4,000 visitors a year. I think we're doing pretty well. It is vitally important that the theatre and all the performing arts everywhere survive the coronavirus. But for those of us in The Hague, as well as in Amsterdam and Rotterdam, it would be a tragedy if, on top of everything else, Stet did not survive. You can help by making your feelings known by signing a petition and, if you want, making a donation. All information can be found at the STET website, which is at www.theenglishtheatre.nl. That's the English Theatre, all one word, with theatre spelt R-E, not E-R. Or you can go straight to the petition, which is at www.change.org, and search for STET Has to Stay. Well, that's all for this week. Please, please sign that petition, because we really do not want to lose STET. My name is Michael Hasted, and that's all for this week. And so till the next time, when hopefully things are a little, little bit better, stay safe and stay well. Till then, bye-bye. <laughs>